Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is a podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons from frightening fire breath to fear bulk friends. And today we're covering fire giants. Hey, Brian. Hot, big boy, <laughs> big guy. Yes. Sucky, uh, big, hot guy. <laughs> right, right. What's going on? It's the year of this big guy. It's the year of big guy, and these ones are fiery. This um, one's on fire. Indeed. Kind of. Not literally, but sometimes also literally. Sometimes literally, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> so fire giants in Dungeons & Dragons are one of the six classic true giants in the game. Uh, they dwell within scorching volcanoes and amongst tall, rocky mountains. They're known to be a militaristic, domineering, and warfaring-focused people with a legendary penchant for both smithing and architecture. Everything changed when the fire giant attacked. Indeed. Uh, they are noted to be an inherently lawful evil people. Uh, they're tyrants that rule in extremely hierarchical and organized but terribly brutal fashion. Uh, when it comes to the ordning, the giants, uh, the fire giants, oh yeah, when it comes to the ordning, the giants' hierarchy of power and authority, fire giants make the top three. They're higher in the ordning and stronger than all other giants, save for cloud giants and storm giants. Cloud and storm. For mm -hmm. some reason, I forgot that those are two separate things. The, yeah, and they're very different, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, although they both can live in the sky, clouds only live in the sky, and storm giants can also live under the ocean. I do remember that. Yeah. They'll get their own episodes. Yes, they will. So those fire, big guys. Those other big guys, yeah. So fire giants are beings of fire and iron. They have coal black skin and flaming red or bright orange hair. Uh, some art even depicts them as having hair made of fire itself and eyes the color of glowing embers. That's like a genasi. Yeah, almost like a genasi. Mm -hmm. In fourth edition, giant, they really leaned into the elementalness of giants. Um, where they were like from the elemental chaos. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, or because, uh, yeah, the fourth edition have like the plane of air, plane of earth, plane of fire. It only had the elemental chaos. Nice. And so the vi the giants kind of held from that. They just shit. The elemental chaos just shits out elemental whatever. Yeah. Well, there's primordials, which are kind of like the 
elemental gods, if you will. Titans? Yeah, the titans. Well, no, because uh, D&D 4th Edition had titans, which oh. were essentially super giants. <laughs> they were just giants, but giant to giants. Okay, sure. Yeah, but um, but let's get back into this, and maybe we'll talk more about that later. Um, they stand around 18, 18 feet tall, but rather than having humanish proportions, fire giants are almost dwarf-like in appearance. Uh, they're squat, burly, and compact, and often are sporting bushy beards and thick eyebrows, much like those of a dwarf. Holy shit! Like Peter Dinklage in, uh, in Peter F- Dinklage, Infinity, or yeah. P- Peter Dinklage in Infinity War. Uh, yeah, kind of a little bit. Or was that Endgame? Uh, it was Infinity War. Yes. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers, indeed. The, the, so though that they, guy's in it. So though <laughs> though they are obviously quite tall, again standing at eighteen feet, fire giants are the only type of giant not physically taller than the giant type just below it in the ordning. That's right. So in this case, frost giants are on average two feet taller than fire giants. That's a lot. Despite being quite weaker. Um, A full-grown fire giant weighs an average of 7,000 pounds, though, which is actually over double their taller cousin, the frost giant, who only weighs 2,800 pounds. So they're fucking stocky. Like, they're built. Thick, fiery boys. Indeed. So fire giants may not be taller, but they have much more mass. Uh, fire giants can live to be up to 350 years old. I'm big on the inside. <laughs> I'm big on the inside where it counts. <laughs> so I don't think we need to revisit the concepts of the Ordning or of Mott versus Mog. Uh, we cover them extensively in both our original Giants episode and in the Frost Giants episode, which was the first of the True Giant episodes this year. We could do, like a, for first timers, like a light one. Like uh, one is good and one is bad in Giant speak. Indeed. So, yeah, Mod's good. Mog's bad. It's more complicated than that. It is. And if but you, by listening to this episode, if you're not familiar with the concept, maybe the context will kind of clue you in. Yeah. And I don't I just I don't want to have to go over Mott and Mog for every single Giants episode this year. It's so fair. I mean, you, we, we should probably just like do the little light touch. Yeah. Like, yeah. So if you want to know the details on that information, you'll have to go to one of those two other episodes. Um the fire giants follow a belief system known as the ordering of craft work. Mm. So fire giants are the greatest smiths, architects, and technicians among all giant kind. During times of the ancient empire of the giants, the fire giants were the officers, engineers, and crafters of ancient Astoria. They excel at smelting and smith work as they do at engineering of metal and stone. And the quality of their artistry shows even in their implements of destruction and their weapons of war, which is kind of all they make anyway. So it's like I'm not even sure what the point of that sentence was. Just weaponsmiths. They're not yeah. making plates for mom and dad. Not really. I mean, yeah, they probably make stuff that they use. So they probably make it basic eating tools and stuff. Okay. But they're not like making – they're not making art really. They get mad at dinner and they destroy all their silverware and they're like, Fuck. And yeah, I gotta spend time making silverware. Well, they like making stuff, so maybe they would enjoy that. So, ah, oh, I crushed my fork. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so, the iron-lined halls of a fire giant stronghold are so expertly crafted that they're capable of sporting the unimaginable weight of the mountain stone above them and enable the giants to harness heat of rivers of magma to power their forges. Hell yeah, yeah. Because of this, a fire giant's prowess and the occupations of crafting determines their place in the ordning. Although fire, fire giants do also put a lot of stock in combat skills, uh, which does also affect their standing in the ordering, they believe that success in battle or on the hunt derives itself mainly from the quality of one's weapons and armor. <laughs> they're making a sword and they're like, I just won that fight. Yeah. I'm going to have in like six weeks. Right. And those that can fashion the finest gear enjoy the highest status in the clan. And so basically, fire giants remind me of um, really extreme guitar snobs. Sure. The ones that like... 
they're just they have to have the finest of everything, the most expensive, all the little equipment, and like they spend way more time on that than actually playing. <laughs> so, fine tuning their sound, man. They're fine tuning their sound, but they're not actually working on their skills. This so, guy's uh, making a sharp sword, and he's not swinging it. <laughs> and just like guitar snobs of that caliber, fire giants tend to be domineering, howdy, and arrogant. Okay. Moving on. The greatest, shots fired. Uh, shots fired. That's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest crafters and artisans among a fire giant tribe are also the tribal leaders. This leads to an odd blend of political patronage and meritocracy way of governing with the militaristic flavor of like warriors. Mm. Um, leaders are chosen by general recognition uh, from amongst the best crafters in the clan, the absolute best of which is then usually titled king. But then these leaders will select the best disciples to pass their knowledge onto along with their standing. Often pupils are children or siblings of their teachers, but it's not always so. But as the cycle continues, it puts fire giants born to the least skilled crafters at a disadvantage. If you are taught by someone less skilled, you are less likely to show talent at a young age and thus more likely to get passed over by the better teachers, and bam, there goes your lot in life. Wow. You never stood a chance. What if your, your, your fire giant dad is like has an inherent misunderstanding of making something, uh-huh. and then you are like, no, dad, you got to do it like this. He's like, you shut your mouth. <laughs> that's not how we make swords in this family. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I'm sure that's exactly what you're emotionally what beaten, too. Yeah, that's oh, true. no. That's true. Life's tough as a fire Bummer. giant. Your your rich get richer. <laughs> right. uh, the hot get hotter. Indeed, indeed. So, so for as much time as they spend creating, fire giants don't spend a lot of time crafting works of art. Although they would maintain that all their feats of metalworking and engineering are themselves forms of artistic expression. I'd agree with that. Yeah, me too. Uh, fire giants strive to build the strongest fortresses and the most potent siege weapons. They experiment with allies to create the hardest armor. Uh, they forge swords. Oh, yeah. Then they can forge swords that will pierce that hardest armor. Uh, <laughs> but beyond such accomplishments, true artwork is very scarce amongst uh, fire giant kind. Um Still, some fire giant art does exist. Um, they have a unique form of art that some fire giants produce uh, that involves the manipulating of magma as it cools, forming Ooh. it into fantastical, fantastical one-of-kind shapes. The most striking of these works are collected and displayed within their strongholds. Okay. With that being so said, check it out. I made a ninja star. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so made of magma. Exactly. And with that, let's take a short rest. Okay. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow 
grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the part of the episode. We're not talking about that last thing. We're talking about new stuff. It's old new stuff. It's love. Thanks for listening to the show. Really, though. Love you for it. I think the love is always new because it's always like replenishing and it changes from day to day. It, it grows. does. There are new listeners all the time <laughs> and you guys are leaving us iTunes reviews and nice YouTube comments and stuff and we see all that shit. I even saw the person on Podbean who was like, Yo, I know you said you always read these, but you'll never read this. And also, <laughs> also yeah. if you if you want me to do something, do that. I saw you. I saw you, but I can't comment back on Podbean because I don't know how it works. <laughs> I had to like log in. I was yeah. like, "Do I? We apparently we have a Podbean we account. We do, we do. Know. But thanks for listening to the show. Um, if you're on Patreon, we're getting you on the next week because that's how this works. Um, but if you want to interact with us, you can do so on social media at the Dungeon Cast on Twitter, and you can just check out the Dungeon Cast on Instagram. It's uh, Will and Brian respectively run one of each. And Which one true. you'll never know? No, you'll know probably we, almost we've immediately. Said it a billion times too on the yeah. show. Um, so. <laughs> With that stuff, with the knowledge I just gave you, you can enter our contest. It's true. So we're giving away a copy of Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount, which is the critical role what's the campaign source book. That's that's what yeah. I'm trying to say. And uh, it comes out on March 17th. And again, we're giving away a copy. And the way that you can enter the contest to win this book is by sharing our show, a link to it preferably, not just telling people about the show, but literally sharing a link to an episode or a playlist of the show. Um, on social media and the easiest way to do that is on twitter if you go ahead and share that link with the hashtag DungeonCast, i'll pick that up right away and add you to the list if you share it on other social media that isn't instagram uh just take a screenshot go ahead and send that to the dungeoncast gmail.com and again you'll be added to the list and brian has some instructions on instagram of how you can join the contest there make a post about the dungeon cast it could be about your favorite episode or just about the show if you want to go grab our podcast thumbnail Go do that and post it. Uh, a couple of people have done that so far. Um, actually, somebody on Instagram did that, and that's how I decided that that's probably what I should be doing. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, this okay. is easy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, th- there's a post about it on our Instagram. Um, go check it out. Uh, not to say that just telling people about the show is bad. We just want you to take it one step beyond so you can get a sweet book. Right. Um, but really, the best thing you can do for the show is to talk about it. If yeah, you just want to tell somebody about not only this show, but Super Quest Saga, both are really cool. I think if you're here, you probably think it's cool, especially if you're listening to this part. Uh, so, yeah, just just do that. I know a lot of you, so many of you have done that for us in the past. You've participated in all our contests and it. Like it helps visibly every single time. So we just want other people to love the show uh, and we want to love them back. And we just got to spread the word, baby. (laughs) (laughs) We can do this. We're a team. Indeed. Let's get back to the show. Back to the show.
All right, Brandon, we returned. We're back, baby. Let's go. Keep talking about fire giants. Big so, guys. Fiery guys. <laughs> so when fire giants aren't honing their crafting skills, they're drilling with weapons or exercising to keep themselves fit for battle. Uh, the typical fire giant has a mastery of combat tactics that few other warriors can match. Their reputation as soldiers and conquerors and for... Oh, their reputation as soldiers for conquerors and for their ability to burn, plunder, and destroy is fearsome. They burn a lot? Yeah, they like to burn things. They like to burn things? I mean, things? they're fire giants. Hmm. That's what they do. Yeah, I was waiting. Like, the, there's fire in the forge, but do they, like, shoot fire beams out of their eyes? Like, <laughs> that would be so dope. No, I they wish they did, They just lean over though. and their fiery hair, like, does the job. <laughs> That'd be cool, yeah. I was if thinking you... about fire genasis for that. Like, you can <laughs> just, like, t- start the tinder all the time. Uh-huh. That's not how this is. No. I had a question for you I forgot okay. to ask before we all get right. back to stuff. Is if you could make one thing out of magma that you cooled in your garage or whatever, what oh. would you make? Oh, God. I, I don't know. Um... If I could make one, I don't know. They're making shit out of magma, right? Yeah, they are. They super are. Yeah, um, so. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Okay. Do you have one? I feel like you probably have one. We'll say, stay tuned in till the end, and we're okay. going to talk about our favorite magma stuff that we'd make in our garage. Okay, sure. All right. So from birth, all fire giants are taught to embrace their legacy of war. Their parents chant songs of battle. Uh, as children, they play at war, hurling igneous rocks at each other from across the banks of magma rivers. Hell yeah. That's how war goes. Indeed. As they grow older, formal martial training becomes an integral part of their lives. The fire giant's songs are odes to battles lost and won, while their dances are martial formations of pounding feet that resound like smith's hammers throughout their smoky halls. Just big dwarves. Yeah, they're if, just big dwarves. They're big dwarves. If I, I see like a fire giant's lair, I guess, uh-huh. or house uh-huh. or whatever. He's, he's got his forge room, and then he's got his dancing room. Sure, and he's just in there with his new sword, like <laughs> swinging at nothing, singing right. songs. Yes, that's great. So, unlike Frost or Hill Giants, the renowned fighting prowess of the Fire Giants comes not from wild fury, but from endless discipline and training. Okay. Um, now, despite how prominently important combat is to Fire Giants, it is still quite secondary to crafting when deciding a Fire Giant's place in the ordning. Uh, those who excel at fighting but not crafting more often than not still find themselves very low in the ordning, with one exception. The truly strongest amongst the Fire Giants can excel and gain the rank of Dreadnought. Ooh. Dreadnoughts are massively powerful Fire Giants who wield two huge tower shields like plow blades. Now bear in mind that the shields are fucking huge because we're talking about like 18 feet tall. Entities, yeah, with totally. Tower shields. They so, got a fucking riot shield. Yeah, these are <laughs> these are twenty feet tall, ten feet wide, and a foot thick, solid metal. Just hitting you with a, a door, a safe door. Yeah, uh, yeah, a even big, bigger like than a safe like, door. Yeah, like uh, like Scrooge or yeah, Scrooge McDuck's safe door. Right, exactly. So uh, these shields also bear spikes on their exterior and have hollow interiors into which the dreadnought pours hot coals at the first sign of danger. Armed with its two shields, the Dreadnought can present a fiery wall to any attacker. When a Dreadnought has finished, often all that is left of a foe is a smoking smear on the floor. They just, I'm, a, I'm a moving, flaming building. Yeah, that's, smack, yeah, that's smack. exactly what they are, yes. I'm that Pokemon with the fucking two cinder blocks as its right, arms sure, or whatever. Yeah. Um, Conkledur. Conkledur. Yeah. That's a bad um, name. Yeah. Um, where was I? That's a bad Pokemon. I'm sorry. Very I hate that Pokemon. Anyways, um, when not called on to fight dreadnoughts maintain their strength by using their shields to shove huge quantities of coal stone or ore about their foundry so i just like that i like that imagery like, well we don't got anything to do so we just knock his shit around just like move milling Shoving about coal into the yeah. foundry yeah that's dude. gross dude yeah so 
Um, now it takes a lot of work to build and maintain a fire giant stronghold and its inhab- that and its inhabitants' needs. And since fire giants would never lower themselves to doing anything but crafting and fighting, most of that effort comes not from the giants themselves, but from the slaves that they keep. Yeah, because like, when are they grocery shopping? Never. Never. The Someone else is doing is never, it for them. Indeed. So fire giants enslave other creatures to accomplish unskilled labor um, so that the giants can then concentrate on more vital aspects of their foundry operation and crafting that only they're capable of. See, that's really condescending. I find as an adult, it is a skill to not forget the things on the grocery list. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Being an adult takes a lot of minor skills that you so Basically, like the develop. slave labor is – is the adulting sure. that the fire giant so. the fire giant is just a big war fighting child. <laughs> I suppose that's one way to look at it for sure. Do your own shopping. So humanoids that are conquered in war become serfs to the fire giants. Many of these serfs work the farms and fields on the outskirts of the fire giant halls and fortresses, raising livestock and harvesting fields for their fire giant overlords. But cool. e- but even more um, serfs are put to work in the mines. So even master crafters of other races are uh, actually consigned to this unskilled labor because so few of these master crafters of like humanoid descent have talents the fire giants would consider to be skilled at all. It's like to them it's child's play and it's also just way too small. Are dwarves small because they need to live in the mountains and not be like detected by these fucking meaty bad guys that live in the mountains? So – Giants and dwarves are like super enemies. Oh shit! Especially fire giants, I would say, because they're like you're in my you're in my fucking place. Yeah, you're and, trying to get the same shit I'm trying to get. Right, and a lot of times, like I'm not. I, God, it's been so long since I looked at the dwarf stat block because I don't think the dwarf has advantage on um, like large creatures or like advantage on avoiding large creatures. But in older editions, dwarves used to have like bonuses to fighting giants because. There's like history between the two races and the dwarves were slaves once and then they revolted and they drove the giants out. And so now they're super good at fighting giants. Sure. That, so, that tracks. Yeah. yeah. That's like what you should do for your players in game when they start practicing one thing a lot. Right. Just give right. them good, good, meaningful roles on it. Yeah. Okay. So fire giants low in the ordning are tasked with managing the mine tunnels and the slaves that toil there, few of which uh, survive the difficult and dangerous work for long. Uh, fire giants aren't overly cruel masters. It's just that they're really grossly apathetic towards the welfare of their slaves because slaves aren't giants and they're always more in supply and um, they, essentially they're not people to them. For Back to the ninja star scene. He's like, look, mm-hmm. I made a ninja star. Mm-hmm. Check it out. And then his other fire giant buddy's there and he's like – and he throws it mm-hmm. at, like towards the entrance <laughs> wall and it just like hits a bunch of slaves. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oops. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, oh, that's dang. exactly how that would go. Okay. Um, excavating mine shafts and digging out ore is important work, but smelting and metalwork are valued more highly than the effort needed to keep a tunnel from collapsing on slaves. Oh. It's essentially – it's not that they're like straight out mean. It's that they just don't fucking care. Which is its own form of cruelty. It's just like not caring about – they're treating it as a resource and they don't care about resources as long as they still have them. Exactly. Okay. So only only humanoid creatures that have skills the fire giants need but don't practice such as accounting, brewing, (laughs) medicine – um, all the adult are, shit. Yeah, all the adults are allowed to continue plying their trades and avoid being worked to death. It's just giant flaming war babies. It's, it's so true. <laughs> so, uh, so-called skilled slaves receive a fair bit better treatment than their unskilled counterparts. Still, though, as a rule, fire giants view humans in much the same way that humans view horses. They have utility if properly directed, and some might be prized for their rare qualities, but even the smartest, best-trained horse is not a person. Right, okay. So, real fucked up. Well, 
Even the smartest, best trained horse, not person. I suppose so. Um, a fire giant fortress is highly protected, usually guarded by vigilant watchmen, traps, and other more exotic creatures. Fire giants raise and train hellhounds pretty regularly as guard dogs. That's been coming up more lately. Has hellhounds? It? Have, have they? <laughs> if they did, I don't remember. I don't either anymore. It's gone from me like a dream. <laughs> Indeed. Um, and they also sometimes persuade human wizards to harness fire elementals as guardians for their strongholds. And I found, I found this interesting. Some fire giants uh, allow trolls to roam free in their fortresses and the rarely used parts of their fortresses. Oh, because they don't give a fuck. Yeah. Serving, they'll burn that shit to the exactly. fucking ashes. Serving as perimeter guards of a sort. Trolls require little maintenance. They're able to survive on the fire giant scraps and on the dead or diseased slaves. Ooh, um, delicious. And they're tough enough to deter most intruders, but most importantly, their susceptibility to fire makes them a little threat to the fire giant. Yeah, man. So totally. I, I thought that was really interesting because I never would have thought of it like that damn lots of trolls just around yeah, just rolling through the fire giant oh, fortress dang. yeah i think um a dungeon crawl or like a one-shot exploring a fire giant's fortress would be really fun it's riddled with trolls it's riddled so. with trolls but they, like there's a lot to play with there like you have the mines you have the fortress itself you have like the military barracks you have the fire giants that you can fight you have the dreadnoughts that you're trying to fucking avoid because they're scary like you fire elementals, all kinds of cool stuff. Wow. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's probably set in a volcano, so maybe there's like earthquakes and magma eruptions. You could have, you have a lot of fun in that area, I little think. Little magma babies. They look like Hershey Kisses, but they got little <laughs> legs and fists running around tackling you. Um, there's actually a D&D creature like Magmites, that. Magmites, right? Uh, magims, I think they're called. Magims. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, any questions about fire giants before we get into the stat blocks? I have two stat blocks today. We're going to do the, the standard fire giant. And then, and then fire we're going to do giant the fire pro. giant dreadnought. Yeah. Fire giant plus. <laughs> yeah. Fire giant 2.0. <laughs> but yeah, okay, any questions about fire giants? Um, any questions about fire giants? 18 feet tall. Mm-hmm. Can wield building walls. Yes. Crush everything. Mm-hmm. Nope, we're good. Okay, sounds good. So the fire giant is a, a huge giant. <laughs> it's lawful evil. Challenge rating of nine, and w- I went back and checked, and that's one more than Frost Giant. So even though they're higher in the ordering, only by a little bit. Only o- by a little only bit. By, only it by doesn't matter by how much. Yeah. But to be fair, the Fire Giants also have an edge because they're Fire Giants, and Frost Giants hate heat so much that, uh, yeah, definitely have an edge. Um, armor <laughs> class of 18, because they're probably wearing plate because they're fucking Fire Giants, and, like, they're going to wear the dopest shit all the time. They're going to have the dopest shit. Mm-hmm. 162 hit points, speed of 30 feet. We've talked about this. They're fucking huge. They should have longer, longer legs. They have longer <laughs> legs. They should be walking faster. Damn it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, strength of 25. My God. Plus seven to that. Uh, that's that modifier. It's because they're big on the inside. It's true. Dexterity of nine. Um, Constitution 23. In- intelligence of 10. Wisdom 14. Charisma 13. Um, naturally skilled in athletics and perception. Uh, immune to fire damage. Um, they do not have dark vision, which is odd because I believe the fire genasi gets dark vision. And since these guys do like to live underground, why don't they have dark vision? They got that. Uh, they got that magma pool. That's going. true. There's always light about them because there's always fire. There's always them. fire. So if they have dark vision, maybe true. they would damage their eyes. It's true. It's very true. constantly in lit places. So again, uh, all these standard giant stat blocks are actually really, really simple. There's no feature here, and they only, they have a multi attack, and they only have two types of attack: great sword and rock. I love it. <laughs> so the great sword is a plus eleven to hit, uh, reach ten feet. Uh, holy fuck, sixty six plus seven slashing damage. That is a good sword. That's a big meat mm-hmm. meaty chunk you're gonna take out of something. You do two of those. Um, and then they have their rock attack, which is a ranged weapon attack, plus 11 to hit, 60 to 240 foot range, 
Forty ten plus seven bludgeoning damage. So the the rock is blatantly worse than the great sword, which I think sure. is the way it should be. Yeah, but no, but projectile. But projectile. But that's, that's the only thing. Projectile, yeah. good. Yeah, indeed, indeed it is. Um, yeah, you can throw a sword. sword. You can throw a sword. But... Sword have throw property. <laughs> throw a sword. Are we talking like barbarians now? Uh, like fire giant, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> no, they're just... they're actually really intelligent. Like they're militaristic and disciplined and lawful. Uh, big big guy. You're throw, thinking a frost giant. Big guy throw rock. You're thinking a hill giant. Well, now. it's just like th- rock. Like just because they're big doesn't mean they're dumb, Brian. What a sophisticated attack! Throw rock. <laughs> giants. Oh, that's strategically rock throwing <laughs> is a cultural art to giants. Yes, it is, it is like woven into the fabric of their society. What could be more tactical and intelligent on the battlefield? Rocks are everywhere. It's true. It's very true. <laughs> All right, moving on to the fire giant dreadnought, which is a much longer, bigger, and more interesting uh, stat block. Cost four hundred more dollars. What? Sorry. Oh, because it's a pro. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Thanks, Will. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so it's a huge giant, lawful evil, yet again. Uh, armor class of 21 because they have even more armor in those damn shields. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 187 HP. Still only a speed of 30 feet. Now, that I'll accept because they're carrying such heavy shields. Okay, so encumbrance. Yes. Strength 27, uh, dexterity 9, constitution 23, 8 intelligence, uh, 10 wisdom, 11 charisma, same skills, athletics, and perception. Still immune to fire. Uh, still doesn't have dark vision. Has a feature, though. Dual shields. This The giant carries two shields, each of which is accounted for in the giant's AC. The giant must stow or drop one of its shields to hurl rocks. Okay. This giant ain't hurling no rocks, though. Uh, it's got a multi-attack, which is its fire shield attack, which you can do twice. It's a plus 13 to hit. Reach of five feet. Does 46 plus 8 bludgeoning damage, plus 2d6 fire damage, plus 2d6 piercing damage. Whoa. It stabs, burns, and bludgeons you. <laughs> the ultimate attack. And then it does it again because it does it twice. Oh, shit. It's got two shields. It's um, like a big, uh, like an anime attack where it's like damn. a spinning, it like throws it like a football so it spirals. Yeah. That so comes out chest. to, that comes out to essentially 8d6 times two. So 16d6 if it hits you with both attacks. That's a lot. Plus eight. That is a lot. Fuck yeah. The Dreadnought. The Dreadnought. It better be good. And it is. Yeah, it so. is. Well, it, it has other things, too. It has, uh, well, it has Rock, which it'll never use, because why would it when it has Fire Shield? I guess Range. Range. We discussed Range. Uh, rock good for Fartha. <laughs> right. Plus 13 to hit. Same range as the last one. Uh, 40, 10 plus 8. So only one more damage than the standard Fire Giant. But it also has an uh, a f- action called Shield Charge. The giant moves up to 30 feet in a straight line and can move through the space of any creature smaller than huge. The first time it enters a creature's space during this move, it makes a fire shield attack against that creature. If the attack hits, the target must succeed a DC 21 strength saving throw or be pushed ahead of the giant for the rest of their move. If a creature fails the saving throw by five or more, it is also knock prone and takes 3d6 plus 8 bludgeoning damage or 6d6 plus 8 bludgeoning damage if it was already prone. Oh, these guys are scary. I love it. Oh, yeah. Challenge rated 14. That's like almost double the standard fire giant. So if you're in the Dreadnought's arena, basically, mm-hmm. there's probably going to be some magma around, and you're going to get pushed into it. Exactly. And have fun with that. Yeah. We or, did that in the Battle Royale. Yeah. Or found some magma. Or even if not that, like the move is built in to build upon itself, where in Oxyprone, if you don't get up in time and you get hit again, it does even more damage for being prone. It'll do, uh, is Autocrit a homebrew we do, or is that something um, that- No, Autocrit, it was only if you're helpless. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's so a prone's time. not helpless. No, no, not helpless at all. But basically, it goes from 3d6 to 6d6, so it doubles the damage if you're prone and it does the shield charge on you. 
So don't just like stay there. Get up. Indeed, get up. But that's the thing is if you're fighting multiple dreadnoughts, one might do that to you and then you're prone and then it's the other one's turn and then it does it to you. Uh, should you They're be fighting multiple dreadnoughts? Is that a thing? Extraordinary. Well, I imagine that a fire giant king probably has two dreadnoughts guarding it at all Ooh, times. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. fucking role play. Yeah, there Let's we go. go. Some homies. <laughs> yeah, some good exactly. cop, bad cop. Indeed. Giant cop. Fucking even. Rob and Bob, the Robin, dreadnoughts. Robin, Rob, Robin, Bob. We're on fire. <laughs> all right. I think I think we're done. Do you have any questions about fire giants? Shield high fives. <laughs> That'd be badass. That's how I they love cast, Robin Bob. It's how they cast Thunder Wave. <laughs> Indeed. Um, all right. Uh, let's get ready for a long rest. Okay. Rest, but the long kind. Indeed. Here it is. Well, I'm ready almost. for it. Yeah. Um, what do you do before bed, Will? Um, brush my teeth. Get my PJs. Anything special? Turn something on Netflix I fall asleep to. Okay. There it is. <laughs> Uh, some people need the fan on, white noise, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Let's uh, answer some questions. Indeed. Let's do it. Well, Or we have messages. Oh, um, okay. Let's read two messages that we got. Um, if you are a patron, you mm-hmm. can send us messages. We'll read them on the show. Indeed. Do it. <laughs> we need more. More. Don't be scared. We love you. Uh, okay. So the first one's from Chemical. Thank you, Chemical. Uh, you guys are all great, and we love you. To all the cast and crew. Oh, thank you. So I'm assuming that <laughs> kind means uh, special guest Jake. And, yes, of course. Uh, Josh Freeland. Our super quest friends. Uh, and Veloxity. Legendary podcast listeners, Chemical and Veloxity. Indeed. If you can see the sight of my words, we love you. And I can. I'm reading <laughs> thank them. Thank you. Thank you, Veloxity. Excellent. <laughs> I expect no less. Um, and then we got some last minute stuff from Magnus Rock. You got it just in time, my man. Just in time. Indeed. Um, okay. So... Magnus, we're going to answer – you sent us a few, and I really appreciate that. Indeed. We're going to answer one now and some later. Indeed. We're going to stagger these. All right. Uh, so for the first question, what is your favorite book, TV series, oh. and or video game that has influenced your Dungeons & Dragons Ooh. experience? That's a big one. Um, do you got? Do you have like a singular, a singular one? Not one. Oh, okay. Like one pinnacle thing because uh-huh. I'm an amalgamation of things that – of uh, just experiences and yeah, and just like I'm a dumping ground for pop culture and mm-hmm, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Pirates of the Caribbean really up there, really. Oh, yeah, that's so interesting to me. Okay, it's like a it's like a fucking seafaring adventure. Sure, absolutely, yeah. no, yeah. absolutely. I it's, just find it interesting that that's one of your major influences. I think below <laughs> all of the campy shit they do on the surface, it's uh-huh. like a really good story at the heart. Sure, so yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's solid, solid. Especially, I enjoyed the first three a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, first, the first three. one especially. But. Yeah, there's there's stuff there's if you cut away all the bad bits. It's so good. <laughs> right. So, but there's it's some it. bad bits in, in the for, even in the first three. Right. Um. And then Mega Man. Do you use Mega Man in your campaign? Like, yeah, because most of it deals with like a dystopian society. Okay, for sure. And like they they leave a lot of like stories that leave a lot of gaps to be filled in. I feel like are mm-hmm. really good for me as a world builder because I can use those like overarching ideas that the game kind of sets in the background right like right. well robots are terrorizing the city and i'm just a little guy like going in and like shooting my little robo cannon but like what the fuck is going on out there i'm just right. a hero running through the middle like cutting a yeah fucking swath you through have it a all. very narrow view of what the world is and yeah. it's fun to just latch on to that and be like okay well let's spiral off and see what's happening in this part of town and that could be a whole story like, right worth telling of course my brain will just go places yeah for me dark tower that's all right. I, I know that's a big one for you. Yeah. For me, it's campaign specific. So the current campaign obviously is the space campaign. I would say the major influences for this one 
Um, I take some a lot of influence from Outlaw Star, obviously. Um, the Miyazaki films in general, I t- tend to take inspiration from. There is a very, very excellent ind- uh, independent comic book series called Saga, mm-hmm. which is a spacefaring. Um, they did comic that one book. on Comic Pop, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, they covered it on Comic Pop, but uh, I own every volume of it, and it's my favorite comic book of all time. It's it, absolutely amazing, and I get inspiration from that as well. Um, Final Fantasy, probably when we're talking about video games, I, get, I pull a lot from Final Fantasy. Okay, and don't then, go too deep because we're going we're going to do this on Super Quest Saga. Okay, yeah, I've answered your question now, Mag- Magus. Thank okay. you very much. Do you, do you have one that isn't um, Super Quest specific that you maybe breaches out and touches you in other ways? Um, I mean, generally speaking, like the old Dragonlance books, um, all the fantasy novels I read, like I pull from or get inspiration from. Um, it's hard to be specific. Like I'm so inundated with stories over the last 25 years of my life that like it all blends together and becomes like this. Do you have a favorite? What's your favorite Dragonlance? You've probably told me that before. Dragonlance, my favorite Dragonlance book. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, probably or, or story. I guess if it's something more secular, the Chronicle like, story. I think is definitely my go-to, and that's like the. The one that like made the series the famous. one ring to rule them all, kind of. Okay. Um, but specifically, I actually like the fourth uh, installation of that series, which was written much much later, which is Dragons of Summer Flame, because um, that book was supposed to be the end of the Dragonlance like world, and um, it really was a culmination of like all the stories you read up to that point. It was like Endgame for Dragonlance. Nice. That's okay. almost exactly. It was like Endgame for Dragonlance. That's cool, um, and it was excellent. And they ended up writing books after that, which were also really good. But, um, but yeah, yeah. I figure your favorite stuff has left a layer on you that's going to prevail through your creative endeavors. Yeah. So that's a good answer. Um, I think we can remind people about the contest and Super Quest Saga. Mm-hmm. And you join the contest. Watch your, our other show. Yeah, get, get your uh, get your Patreon bonus content yeah. if you're a patron. Make check out the episode notes, uh, which I might be a week or two behind on uploading. So I'll, I'll get on that. Flashbang and the Surgeon, um, superhero game. Get in on that. Early episodes. Uh, the Dungeon Chats, which we'll be recording right after this. And then what else is in there, dude? There's so much shit in there. Oh, we got a merch store. Go check out our oh, merch yeah. store. <laughs> if you guys want to buy Dungeon Cast shirts and merch and mugs and stuff like that, you can do that on treespring.com. Teespring. T- I always do that. It's not a tree. It's a tea. <laughs> it's it a is. shirt. But the store is right below the YouTube video and the link's also in the description. Totally. Teespring.com <laughs> slash the Dungeon Cast. You can get merch not only for this show but for super quest saga there's mm-hmm. character art that exists for that mm-hmm. i am working with an artist to get another character <laughs> right 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 yeah, yeah. okay okay all right uh talk to you guys said, later yeah talk to you guys later bye contained herein are the heresies of radolf buntwine erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator join me as i uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwein, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.